This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we spent the first hour of the show talking about the two games yesterday. Kansas City's 27-24 win over Buffalo to advance to the AFC title game next Sunday afternoon at M&T Bank Stadium against the Ravens, and then uh, Detroit's earlier in the day win over Tampa, 31-23. to They'll go to San Francisco, and now Washington has the longest drought uh, since uh, their last NFC Championship game participation. Second longest drought, the Cowboys. Uh, so there you go, Ben Standing. Is with us usually joining joining us in the twelve o'clock hour, but I wanted to get to all of the Washington news uh, with Ben. Get an update on who's been interviewed virtually, who's scheduled for an in person interview now that those can start today, um, and overall uh, what he thinks, including the report yesterday, multiple reports that I think Ben confirmed that Eric Bieniemy had be had been interviewed last week. So let's start with. Do you have the list of those that have been interviewed and what is on the docket uh, upcoming? Yeah, so um, the the seven people who were um, who they requested to interview, uh, they've met with them according to sources and, and reports. Ben Johnson, uh, Lions OC, Dan Quinn, Cowboys DC. I don't know if you want me to go through all the names. Um, yeah, well, please let's let's sure, let's get yeah. let's let's get everything buttoned up here so we don't you know start guessing sure. at who's been virtually interviewed and who hasn't. Uh, so Aaron Glenn, Lions, DC. Uh, you got two from the Ravens, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, and defensive line coach and associate head coach Anthony Weaver, and uh, Texans OC Bobby Slowick. I think I just said everybody. 
Uh, Raheem Morris also, sorry, defensive coordinator with the Rams. Um, as far as what's to come, so teams can start today, can start doing in-person interviews. This is always obviously a huge step, you know, get a feel for who the teams are really looking at the most. Um, I just saw, as, as you guys called me, that uh, apparently Dan Quinn is coming in for a second interview. I haven't been able to confirm this uh, while on hold, but apparently that's a play which makes sense. Prior to the playoffs, he was viewed as probably the number two head coaching candidate uh, behind Ben Johnson, but meaning, you know, before the, the Belichicks and Harbaugh's and Vrabel's showed up at least. Um, I would imagine, obviously, Ben Johnson's going to get one of those the second interviews. The thing is, though, for the coaches who are still coaching, that can't happen until next Monday. So that means Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Aaron Glenn, all on hold, Anthony Weaver uh, as well. So we got, everybody has to wait for that to happen, meaning Washington's probably not hiring a head coach this week. Um, but So we'll probably have to wait a little bit longer than perhaps some other teams will, depending on who they're, who they're looking at. All right, so Ben Johnson. Uh, ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick. Then Glenn Morris, Weaver, McDonald, and Quinn have all been virtually interviewed, and Quinn is scheduled for, I guess, a second interview, which would be an in-person interview and would be their first in-person interview, correct? Well, uh, of those people, the enemy, as you mentioned, Eric, the I'll get to the enemy in a moment. Of, of those that they had okay. requested yeah. from the outside. Correct. Cor- cor- okay. Correct. And, um, yeah. And, and and Denton, did you say that somebody reported that Raheem Morris is coming in for a second interview as well? Yes, he is. All right, so Morris and Quinn coming in for second interviews, as, as Ben Standing just mentioned, the guys that are in the championship games, Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Anthony Weaver, and Mike McDonald, can't be in for an in-person interview until next week. Uh, but even if they both win that game, they can be interviewed during the bye week, you know, uh, leading into, um, you know, two weeks from the Super Bowl, right? They could come in a week from today. Yes, uh, that okay. is, um, that is okay. accurate. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what you just said. <laughs> All right. So, um, there was a report, uh, and I just want your reaction to this, if you've confirmed it or if you have a reaction to Jonathan Jones reporting. Uh, Jonathan Jones works for CBS, uh, reporting yesterday uh, or Saturday that Ben Johnson, one of the hottest candidates on the market, sources consider him the favorite to land the Washington job. Do you think out of all of these virtual interviews and then these upcoming right now this week, um, second in-person interviews, do you think Ben Johnson is the favorite? Well, I mean, based on the people that I've heard from, and then obviously you mentioned other reports, I would say yes. Um, it's similar to when Adam Peters was before that hire happened, that it, you know, it seemed to be the buzz was he was the one to beat. That's what I've heard here. I still in my head, though, view this as more open than than that one for um, a few reasons. I mean, Obviously, Peter seemed to have a lot of interest in Washington and jumped on the opportunity, didn't even have other interviews. Ben Johnson's met with several other teams at this point. Um, so, you know, there's so many dominoes that need to fall here, right? I mean, does Belichick go to Atlanta? If if not, somehow that doesn't work. Well, then what does Atlanta do? Ben Johnson would obviously be a guy that would be appealing to, to them. So, you know, does Carolina have enough money to throw at Ben Johnson 
to get him interested after he turned them down for an interview last year. I don't know, but obviously a lot of money is a lot of money, and you'd have to consider that. What if Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers don't work out? Ben Johnson's a name there as well, and obviously they have Justin Herbert and so on. So I, I don't know that it feels like it's a lock that he's coming here by any stretch. I'm not saying anyone's reporting that, but you know I, I don't know about that. Plus, you, know, you have the sort of the different views. You have the offensive play caller, typically is viewed as a little more of a cerebral person, cerebral coach. Then you have the defensive coordinators. They can, you know, draw good plays as well, but there's more of an emotional component there, uh, you know, raising the level of intensity with the team or, or what have you. This is where guys like Raheem Morris get mentioned a lot. Um, Mike McDonald with the Ravens, the numbers that that defense has, has put up this year against some of the better teams in the league. They face the Niners. They face the Dolphins. Uh, Bobby Sloak and the Texans twice are pretty preposterous. Like they are just mowing yeah. down a lot of these really good offenses. So, you know, he's attractive he's, uh, enough to overcome that. He's not an offensive guy. Well, that's what we'll have to see. But so uh, Ben Johnson to me would be, I guess, the one to beat. But at the same time, it feels less impactful, that statement, than it did with the Adam Peters uh, version. Uh, I'm with you, and I talked about this in the first hour of the show. If we're looking at just the production of these very sought-after, you know, never-been-a-head-coach-before coordinators, Mike McDonald has the most impressive resume. And it may not even be close. Because you also should go back to last year when they had Tyler Huntley playing quarterback, and basically that defense led him into the postseason and nearly, nearly knocked off Cincinnati if it hadn't been for a Huntley fumble and a big return late in the game because of that defense. Um, but again... You know, and I've emphasized this a lot going back to to last week or even you know multiple weeks ago when we were talking about Peters. We're not in these interviews. There's coordinator, you know, production, and then it's about you know overall managerial ability, leadership ability, and qualities, and you know just the kind of people they are. We don't we don't know anything about that. Um, we know more about Eric Bieniemy than we do any of these uh, any of these other people. As we talked to Ben Standing here on our BetQL uh, guest listener line. Follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Standing. Read him at The Athletic and listen to his podcast, Standing Room Only. So the reports came out yesterday that Washington um, had interviewed Eric Bieniemy last week for their head coaching uh, opening, and there were you know reports that he presented an excellent and, quote, highly detailed approach during the interview. So your reaction to this is what? Well, I mean, you look in terms of interviewing the enemy, you know, look, I think certainly there's merit to it for a variety of reasons. One, they're obviously open to trying to figure out what to do here with this team. So not only do they have a chance to interview a guy, obviously the enemy, this was now his what 17th interview with 16 different teams for head coaching jobs. It's also the first one he's had where he was the in-house candidate, obviously, right? Because Kansas City obviously wasn't making these kinds of changes. So, um, you know, he gets to talk to Josh Harris and that search committee, not just about his own accomplishments, but also about what he saw with the team this year. And obviously they got to figure out, it's not just a matter of, you know, who's the coach and, and, and whatever. They got to figure out how to fix things. And, you know, the enemy, whatever you think, he was there all this season and has a feel for what was done, what wasn't done, what needs to change. 
and so on. So, you know, I, I don't know the house, how, if I view that he's an actual high candidate for this job, I would venture to guess the answer would be no. But I would also think that, you know, he's got good insight for them as to what's happening here and what needs to change in order for them to go to another level. His performance during the interview being, being described as excellent and highly detailed. Um, what does that say? Do, who do you think that came from? Because none of this stuff has been reported by the team, I just want to point out. The reason yeah, I bring I, it I up, mean, Ben, the reason I bring yeah. it up is if it actually came from the team, in many ways, um, I kind of appreciate that. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. It probably is true. Um, but, uh, you know, they're trying to pump them up a little bit after what was, let's face it, people, if we were, if we were just talking about anybody, but Eric Bieniemy was a lousy year for a first year coordinator. Uh, the offense wasn't that good. It was no better really than it was a year ago. And the primary player, the new quarterback regressed, got worse as the season went along. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I uh, you know, here's what I would say. Like, if Eric Bieniemy is going to get any interviews with any team, the basis of what he will be discussing as to why he would be a candidate they should consider will not be have anything to do with this season. I mean, maybe you can point to work with Sam Howe and point to some specific things that you tried to do, but, like, it's going to still be about what happened in Kansas City, that you believe that, you know, he is uh, – you know, he learned a lot from Andy Reid that he was, you know, he was involved however, in, in some way, shape or form in, in a significant way with what that team, uh, with, with what the Chiefs accomplished. You know, when they were, when Kansas City was struggling late in the year, you heard some people say, hey, they kind of missed a certain kind of toughness. And that's what the enemy did. And, you know, I don't know how many people are saying that after what the Chiefs did yesterday or the last two weeks. But regardless, you're interviewing Eric Bieniemy off of the path. This year is something he did. And I don't know if it's going to be much more than that. Yeah. Also, um, I had people reaching out to me to say, well, this is just a Rooney rule uh, interview. They, they've already interviewed Anthony Weaver. They've interviewed Raheem Morris. Um, I, I think what you said actually not only makes a lot of sense, but I think is very smart. And that is he, he's the guy that's under contract right now um, that can, you can learn a lot about this particular team. Adam Peters can learn even more. I mean, he could sit down informally and have that conversation because Eric Bieniemy is on the payroll for another year. Um, but why not do it in the form of an interview as well? I mean, I, I'm with you. I think the chances are slim, if not zero, that Eric Bieniemy is the next head coach here. But I don't think it do, I don't think that it's worthless to interview him. I think perhaps they may, they may have gained something out of that. I was just curious if you had an opinion as to why it got leaked about essentially how impressive he was in the interview. Uh, no, I mean, look, obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, in these circumstances, everybody is trying to put their best foot forward, their client's best foot forward, the team's best foot forward. So there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, politicking going on with all these statements. Independent of Eric Bieniemy, there's, you just look at almost any of these conversations, you know, so-and-so that is getting a second interview. He's been really impressive doing X, Y, or Z. You know, all these things are, are said again, whether it's by the agents 
or people that uh, you know are closer close to the um, to the candidate, whatever you know. So I don't. I, I, based on my dealings here, I have no sense that the commanders are saying much of anything. So presumably, it came from outside the building, and you know, you can kind of let your imagination go from there. Um, are any of these interviews potentially interviews for? Uh, you know, eventually, if if the the interviewee does not get a head coaching job, potentially for one of the coordinator positions, like a Weaver, yeah. as an example, like a sure. Quinn. No, I do think, yeah, for sure, I do think there's some of that, um, possibility, uh, for sure. I mean, obviously, like say in the case of a Dan Quinn, is he really going to leave Dallas as their DC to come here? I, I doubt that. Um, but you know, in, in some cases, you know, you don't know how. Right, of course, of out. course, my fault. I, w- right. I was thinking there for a moment that they actually got rid of McCarthy and staff, but they kept him. Yes, continue. yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, like you know, I, like for example, this isn't uh, th- this hasn't happened here yet. But like Thomas Brown, who they interviewed last year for the OC job, he eventually landed with the Panthers with their job. He's getting an interview today with the Titans for their uh, head coaching opening, according to reports. A guy like that, he could be very well uh, a free agent in the coming days, depending on what Carolina does with their head coach. So even guys who are on teams, you know, they could be, be immediately become available. Shane Waldron was just went from being Seattle's offensive coordinator to apparently today he's going to be the Bears' offensive coordinator, which would indicate to me Seattle. We already know they they they're making a head. Co- they're going to have a new head coach, but maybe now there's going to be a staff overhaul. So there's still a lot in play here. Um, and that could mean, hey, you want to get a look at as many people as possible in case something happens there uh, or, or not. I, I will say this is one thing I wonder about, Kevin, is, you know, the, the original list of seven was formed before Adam Peters got here. Is there a world where they say, hey, we need to consider others? I mean, you know, there's other candidates who are getting multiple interviews with different teams, including offensive coordinators like Brian Callahan with the Bengals, Dave Canales with the Bucks. You know, does or and there's also like Steve Wilkes, the the Niners defensive coordinator. I don't know the answer to that, and maybe they've determined, hey, this is we're good here, especially if they think Ben Johnson is, you know, some close getting closer to a fait accompli um, once they interview him. But you know, like the, I wonder if, if there's other names that would go on the list, both for the head coach and also maybe to your point of perhaps they're just doing some a- a extra digging into somebody that maybe they want to join under staff in some capacity. Yeah, the Ben Johnson thing, you know, more than anybody else really on their list is the one that's really in demand. I mean, I think by my count, including Washington, he's had four, maybe five interviews now. Um, You know, I saw the story from over the weekend where he virtually interviewed with three teams on one day. I mean, this is prior to a playoff game. It's kind of insane. I'm sure that everybody can do multiple things at the same time, but to virtually interview prior to your uh, playoff game, or maybe it was after, I don't know. I think it was before, though, with the Seahawks charging. It was like three before, then he interviewed with Atlanta after the game because I guess, Whatever. There's some. I guess there's a rule that you have to you have to do the first interview before this time period, and then in order to do the second interview in person or whatever the exact detail is. In any event, um, yeah, he apparently did it after the win, which is kind of nuts because you know why you know. So yeah, a a very busy week weekend for, for Ben Johnson. Yeah, so there, the point really ultimately is there's he's the one where there's going to be a lot of competition. 
Um, and and if they land him like they did with Peters, it is just another notch on the bedpost that says completely different bed now that everybody's lying in, you know, from all of us to all of the reporters to everybody out there. I mean, because nobody wanted anything to do uh, with this organization prior to this year. That would be pretty wild. I mean, it doesn't mean and it doesn't guarantee anything, but if they were to land Adam Peters and Ben Johnson, considering the the amount of competition that they faced for both of them. Yeah, no, and look, I, I do, you know, the, the, the Adam Peters part of it, makes sense in that Washington is, we've discussed, is a pretty much of a blank slate right now with a lot of assets to work with. This, if you're a coach of a certain mindset, that may be very appealing to you as well. I mean, at a minimum, you're going to have that number two pick to take a quarterback if you see one that's there. That's obviously a great start, uh, you know, building block start. And then you have all the other stuff. So, you know, if Ben Johnson sees a world where, hey, I can kind of start this from the ground floor and really, um, you know, rather than having to say, okay, now I have sort of this established team that I have to bring my system in. Can we change things? What do, you know, how do we have to work that in? Uh, so, you know, maybe that's appealing to uh, to a guy like that. But yeah, to your the other point, yes, it is just another indication of the difference in a, with with with, a, with this ownership group compared to, you know, you know what, and how that changes things in terms of who's interested in this job and and who you know who who's not. I also wonder, given that the Biennemi thing was kind of kept under wraps, whether or not there's anybody else out there that is interviewed for the position that we don't know about. Uh, I mean, that's certainly possible. I mean, I, you know, never assume anything at this time of year. It all depends on, you know, who who's looking to put information out and why. That's also something to consider when, when these, you know, reports emerge, um, for sure. But, by the way, can, can I just completely throw you a, a slight tangent here by talking about ownership? Yeah. Um, I, I saw the other day that there was like a thing that like they they they're going to raise some season ticket prices or some ticket prices on certain, I guess season tickets. I don't know. Am I right about that? I think so. Yeah, I thought that was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Okay, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, sure. So a friend of mine asked me the other day, like, is it? Do, do I think it's galling on some level that ownership is doing that, knowing that they're just coming off the four and thirteen season, and um, you know, this team hasn't won in forever. And I was like, look, in a vacuum, sure. I mean, nobody wants to pay more money for season tickets and all that. But remember how many times everybody said, boy, I would do X if I could get rid of Sam <laughs> Snyder as the owner, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, here we are. Like, they spent, you know, a lot of money. They had it, whatever. They spent a lot of money to buy this team. They are now putting Washington in a position to do the things that you want, everybody wanted, to get a real GM, to get potentially the hottest coach um, out there this year to to have a chance to get the not that they did anything per se Harris group to get the number two pick but they also didn't try to play small ball and move on Rivera in the beginning of the year they just let it play out and the things where they went where they went well okay just remember that that's all I, like this is the price you have to pay on some level to have got rid yeah. of him and, and to get people in here to hopefully run this thing in a pretty competent way I, I just looked up the date of that because um, I wanted to re- make sure that my reaction was was sort of calendar um, uh, timed up uh, appropriately. It was the time at the end of the of, year. It was the timing of the announcement. It happened right after they got their ass kicked by the Dolphins at home, forty-five to fifteen. It oh, would right, have been right. much more effective had they announced it right after they hired Adam Peters. And I think right, that, right, that right. The, the pushback was more 
on not the best reading of the room situation to announce a ticket price uh, increase. I remember saying at the time, and you know, it's a month ago or a little bit more than a month ago. Look, they paid six billion for the team, and what you said, and we all would have happily been, you know, uh, fine with paying a little bit more on everything, merchandise, whatever, if it means that Dan's gone and it means that we're going to have an adult organization to root for. But I think it was timing more than anything else. Um, anyway, uh, talking to Ben Standing. I think it's interesting right now that based on what we know, uh, there haven't been any interviews or requests for interviews of anybody that's actually done it before with the exception of Dan Quinn. Uh, I know Raheem Morris has done it before too, but for a brief period of time, like with Vrabel and Belichick and Harbaugh and they're all interviewing with various teams I, if if we if we believe that they haven't reached out to any of those people, there was that original report from Jordan Schultz. Was it Denton? Was that his name? Am I remembering yeah. the name correctly? With Harbaugh, about yeah. Harbaugh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I wonder why. I wonder why unproven versus proven, pretty much across the board, and what they're pursuing, at least based on what we know. Well, first of all, I just want to say that. Apparently, they are just going to wait till the very, very, very last second to show they're desperate to get Bill Belichick. Because I read that for months, <laughs> how they were so desperate to get Bill Belichick, and somehow that doesn't seem to be happening. Cause was that another Florio, uh, just uh, completely inaccurate Look, it was a lot of people. I have no idea where they were getting their information from. I just kept noting none of those reports were coming out of here. Uh, none yeah. of us were reporting anything like that. But anyway... Um, you know, but in the case of Belichick, that's a clear short-term fix. He's going for the record. He's over, you know, his age. That's not a long-term play. Jim Harbaugh is an acquired taste, and you can sort of build around him. I think Josh Harris wants to build around his own vision for this thing. And now that they hired Adam Peters, you know, that that, that pretty much I think seals it for Harbaugh. Whether he wants final say in personnel, I don't know, but you know, he probably at least wants to have. The, the GM of his choosing so that if, that, that he, if he does trust, you know, if he does give up that control, he's doing it with somebody he knows and trusts. As for Vrabel, to me, he's the one that sort of maybe um, gives you the best of both worlds. He, he's, he's young enough that this could be a long-term play, but he's established enough that they're like, okay, we already have somebody who knows. He doesn't need training wheels. It's not, a, it's not an unknown in terms of how do you move from coordinator to coach. You have to ask questions as to why things fell apart with Tennessee. Um, I think at the base level, you know, they were ter- they were using Ryan Tannehill to get to the championship conference championship game, but at some point, you know, Tannehill is just not one of those guys. And once he fell off, then so did the team. I, I think Vrabel's pretty interesting, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, going with the new, you know, it's it's basically you're, you're trying to pluck the, um, you know you're trying to pluck the fruit right off the tree. You know, I mean, you're just going for, you know, you're looking for that next McVeigh or whoever you want to point to as, you know, we don't need to, why wait? Let's, let's see if we can get in there. And obviously these people have done some very good things, you know, Ben Johnson, McDonald and so on. It's not like they're complete rubes or anything, but yeah, it's an unknown going from coordinator to coach is not the same job and it is a bigger risk, but you know, there's also more potential. So it's like a drafting a rookie versus signing a veteran. 
one, you know where what's kind of where the floor ceiling is. The other one, you don't. You're projecting a lot, but sometimes those hit and make you know turn into big plays. Um, we're talking to Ben Standig last minute here with him. You know, on the uh, you know the the coaching availabilities right now. It's Atlanta, Carolina. Washington, Tennessee, Seattle, and the Chargers, right? Because Mayo's in New England and Antonio Pierce got the gig in Vegas. So it looks like, I mean, right now, I think Belichick is the favorite to land the Atlanta job. Correct. Uh, Harbaugh, the favorite to land the Chargers job. Correct. And then I think Vrabel, the favorite to get the Seattle job. Uh, is that true? I, that one, I, I wondered, like, it felt like Dan Quinn was the obvious one, but then Dallas did what Dallas did and Vrabel became available. So, um, yeah, that, that, that part I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure about, but okay. Well, sure. it, it would be interesting, right? If Seattle hired Quinn, where does Vrabel land? Carolina? Cause it's not going to be, it's not going to be Tennessee. He just got fired from there and it's not going to be Washington. It doesn't seem like they haven't interviewed him. Be interesting to because of of those of the three veteran coaches, um, Vrabel in terms of potential long term runs by the place that hires him next probably has the greatest potential for that for a ten year run. Harbaugh's you know got a short shelf life wherever he is. Belichick's in this for another three to four. Uh, Vrabel is you know young enough where wherever he lands could be a ten plus year run. And he could get yeah. left out. Sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely uh, all, all possible. I mean, I think the interesting thing with Carolina would be Carolina is basically in the same position that Washington was in for many years with Dan Snyder. Right. You either hire somebody who's an unknown who is trying to jump the line by taking a job where others would be like, nah, I'm not going to take my first job with that place. Or you go to a guy like Mike Vrabel and say, look, you're a really good coach. Let me overpay you in salary and power to come take this job. And the one issue supposedly with Vrabel in Tennessee was questions about their personnel choices. So, you know, we just kind of went through that here. Uh, you know, so uh, that, that would be interesting if that's the way it breaks out. A very good coach, Tepper would get lauded for hiring Vrabel, but if he gives him all that personnel control, well, I guess we'll have, we'll have to see. Last one. You already mentioned it, um, and I had it on my list, but I didn't follow up in the moment. Does Shane Waldron going to Chicago to be their offensive coordinator say anything to you about what they'll do with the number one overall pick? Yeah, I mean, I think I, – I, I imagine they'll do their due diligence, but you have to imagine they're going to take Caleb Williams. It, it makes too much sense on a b- bunch of levels. He is seemingly – you know, again, it's the unknown, but his, you know, his ceiling – is higher than Justin Fields. You restart the rookie contract situation. He, you know, he, you would have five years from from Caleb Williams at a minimum if you want. Versus Fields, you're going to have to pay him, you know, by next year if nothing else. Uh, if you keep him, because he's on go, going to, it'll be going to a fifth year after this season. So I just think it makes too much sense for them to do that. Plus, you know, Fields they'll still get some good value back. From a draft position, I guess if there's if there's some team is willing to offer even more than Carolina did last year, maybe the Bears have to consider it. But considering the quarterback situation, I would imagine Caleb Williams is going number one, assuming that's the guy that they uh, believe in. All right, uh, appreciate this. Did you? Oh, give me one big takeaway from the four games this weekend for you. 
Uh, I, well, I'll just say I just read my my guy Mike Sando, the Athletics uh, Monday morning column that he does of recapping the league, and you know the the I feel so bad for the Bills that you know they they just cannot get past Kansas City, and we all obviously point to Mahomes as, as the reason why. But he noted that if you really look at it, both teams have tremendous uh, salary cap hits from the star quarterbacks, which they're happy to pay. It's how the it's how the rest of it played out. Kansas City has nailed their draft year over year and had so many young players contribute on defense that their average age on defense has gone down, yeah. and they you know that's allowed for more uh, you know talent hitting, but more spending elsewhere, et cetera. Buffalo has not been hitting on their draft picks, thus their age they're having to sign veterans like Von Miller and others, and their age is going up. Uh, and so it's really not just that Mahomes is Mahomes. It's that Kansas City has done a much better job of filling out their roster overall, even after trading Tyreek Hill, than Buffalo has. And I saw somebody else point out that, that Josh Allen's uh, salary that he was going to bump up, or this coming year, his cap hit's bumping up like $47 million from like 18. So Buffalo is really going to be hit hurting going forward. And, you know, I'm not saying it's the end of the Bills, as we know that, but Kansas City has done a much better job of filling in the whole team around him. You could basically, you could have, you could spend money on a quarterback and have it all if you make the right, you know, the right choices. Yeah, and who knows what happens to McDermott. Maybe it's Vrabel to Buffalo before all is said and done. Or uh, Belichick. Yeah, or Belichick. Um, thank you. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, man. See ya. Ben Standing, everybody. We'll get to some, some of Denton's news uh, this hour, and we'll get to the playoff games that we haven't talked about uh, coming up as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 